Welcome once again, Bears fans. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're back for another episode. We're two jamokes who are so fed up with the Bears, we're ready to watch the World Cube Association. <laughs> Yu Shen Du just shaved down his record down to 3.47 seconds. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> World's fastest Rubik's Cube solver. Oh, Hell yeah, I'd rather watch that than the Bears. I was also investigating women's pro bowling, but it doesn't start until May. Uh, Well, if there's anything else to do at noon on Sundays besides watch this team, uh, (laughs) what the hell was that? (laughs) I I couldn't believe what I was watching because the Bears had two really good offensive performances in a row. And then they get 10 days to prepare for a defense that's no good. And they come out and do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, two two tackles for loss, two sacks on the first series. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? They made look Daniel Hunter look like he was, like, all-star. Like, I would love to know what Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze were doing for those 10 days. Uh, you know, the thing is about this team is... It, it, they've taken all of the fun out of football. Oh, correct. I, I mean, just all of it. It's <laughs> it's just drained the marrow <laughs> out. I don't even know. When I'm watching the game, I, I just want to kick something. Well, yeah. It, it's just like they took everything that had been working for two weeks and just said, all right, we're not doing that anymore. I mean, they op- the very first play was empty backfield with five wideouts. And, what? And one of the wideouts was the fullback. <laughs> like, I, I was I was rewatching that, and that that first play sums up my entire like conundrum with this coach and quarterback combination because yes. they they line up an empty backfield. With like seven guys lined up on the line of scrimmage on, from the Vikings, clearly blitzing, clearly don't have enough players <laughs> to block, right? And then DJ Moore is actually open, and Fields is looking right at him, and he just doesn't throw the ball, of course. So I'm like, well, first of all, you know that Justin Fields isn't good enough to, or he isn't good at making quick decisions like that when under pressure. So why are you calling the play? Right. And then I was like, well, does Justin Fields need to make that read and make that throw to be an NFL quarterback? But then I'm like, well, if you know he can't do it, then why are you asking him to do it? <laughs> and it's just so circular with these guys because it's just like they continue putting players in a position not to succeed, and then the players don't succeed. So then do you blame the coach or do you blame the player? Do you blame both? I don't know, but things had been going well, for two weeks, and because we're the Bears, that apparently just isn't allowed to continue. At least semi-well. You know, I mean, the, the well, Washington well game... On, well on offense. Yeah, well on offense. I mean, the Washington game, uh, I really was satisfied with. I mean, obviously it was nice that it was a win, but it just, it seemed like they were firing on a lot of cylinders, you know, and, and it's like you said, that... Vikings game was dumbfounding. It was like they forgot everything. How, it was like week one. The, those first three weeks, that was what was so frustrating, is you don't understand what they are doing. Yeah. Where is the game plan coming from? What is expected of the game plan? What is expected of the execution of the game plan? What is the whole the whole overall theme of... Of the offense, or the defense, for that matter. I don't get it! Yeah, it's like, we're in in the Washington game and in the Denver game, they were moving the pocket, they were getting fields on the move, they were targeting DJ Moore. They didn't do any of that in this game. They did none of it! It's like, one of the defining traits of the Matt Nagy era for me was when I noticed that every time you gave him more time to prepare, the game plan ended up being worse. That's what it felt like this week. It's just like, <laughs> oh, we had four days to prepare for the Washington game, so what are we going to do? We're going to draw up plays for our number one wide receiver. We're going to get him the ball. We're going to do what our quarterback does well, and we're going to score a bunch of points. And then it's like, all right, now we've got 10 days. You know what we're going to go back to doing is what we tried to do to open the season that didn't work. Yeah. It's, it's so ass backwards with these guys. Well, and so, you know, uh, that first play, right? We're, we're talking about that first play. 
Uh, for one thing, I was just like you. I was completely just... My, I, I was sitting there watching it live in my, and it was like there was a neuron that was misfiring in my brain <laughs> going, going, what is going, what am I looking at right now? You know, to me, a, a natural uh, first play there would have been one that had good protect and then it's a short pass to commit or or more. Which I think is what they tried to do, but they didn't have time to do it because Fields didn't get rid of the ball quick enough. And also, there was a free rusher unabated to the quarterback. Either that, or you, you, you did go ahead and spend the money on Deontay Freeman. Just run him! Or, or you spent money on Mercedes Lewis, who wasn't on the field. Yeah. Or Kyrie Blassengain, who was on the field, and you, you <laughs> lined him up out wide. Like, for what possible purpose? <laughs> yeah, it's just... Maybe maybe they would have got the ball off for a three-yard gain. Like, oh, my God. Oh, no, just... that's way too optimistic. A one-yard gain. Like, and, and like I said, if you... If you Instead, it, loss of seven. It, but it's, it, it, I went back, and I, I rewatched that play probably five times. And I kept pausing it right when I saw DJ Moore get open. And he was open, like, four yards down the field. And Fields is looking right at him. But at that point, there was already a defender about to take his head off. Unabated! Yeah. It's... It was another another case of unabated. Oh, and that happened a few times in this game, yes. of course. And, yes, th- does Fields hold onto the ball too long? Absolutely. And yes, we all know that. The, the play that he got hurt, he held onto the ball too long. But... You know what's something that didn't help him get the ball out faster was the fact that every snap was not where it was supposed to be. Like that that was another thing. I I have never seen that before in my life. In how many times does it have to be shown that Cody Whitehair does not know how to snap the ball? Well, and then they brought in Lucas Patrick and he couldn't snap it either. Yeah, he's terrible. Like what the hell? Like the only thing I've ever seen that was close was there was a Does g- he have pictures of Getzy? I I don't know what he does. <laughs> But I've only ever seen that once before, and it was in a college game where it was like the fifth string center and the third string quarterback. I think it was it was a bowl game with like Oregon and TCU, maybe. But that's the only other time I've seen a professional or a, a football team not be able to snap the damn ball. Yes, like every snap was 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 not where it was supposed to be, and like a, a lot of them were not even close. So on the, um, the uh, we have a small chat that that's going on. If you're interested in being part of the chat, um, uh, let us know. But in that chat, uh, I, I I addressed this specific issue. Jim and I uh, talked about this many times leading up to the draft about um, our desire to see a center brought into the team and how we thought that the the center from Minnesota would be a perfect fit for the Bears, and he was available for the Bears in the Bears' past. Um, center is still a major issue for the line. Uh, I don't know what they thought Lucas Patrick was bringing to the team when they brought him over. Uh, Cody Whitehair's snap troubles are not new. It's been that way his, his entire time he's been playing with the team. That's why they moved him away from center. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. And he's always been best at left guard anyway. Uh, so, uh, and then they, they, I loved the pick of Doug Kramer, but the guy can't even get healthy. Yeah. So we, we don't even know whether he would be a good player or not. And so it, it is, it's a, uh, it's a hole at a major position that I don't feel they gave any diligence to during the off season. Yeah. And that's one of those things where I talked about, what was that kid's name? John Michael Schmidt? Yeah, John Michael Schmitz. And by the way, he's hurt too, so he'd fit right in. But <laughs> a- anyway, that, that's what, this is one of those things where I was talking about a couple weeks ago, I think after the Chiefs game, where I'm like, Kevin Warren needs to sit down with Ryan Poles and go through the decisions that brought this team together. Like, someone need, he needs to be sitting down with Ryan Poles and saying, how did you think that this was going to work at center? Because you you brought over Cody Whitehair, who hasn't played center. You know when he played center, I was looking this up. He most of his starts at center were 2016 and 2017 on those awful John Fox teams. Yeah. And then I think he played a little center over the Matt Nagy era, but most of them were like five years ago, six years ago. And he, he, like you said, they determined his best position was left guard. So like, why did you think that the best solution for your offensive line was moving him over to center and? You know what? The other problem is because he, he he gets benched in the game, and then Matt Eberflus says, 
well, he didn't get benched because of the snaps. He got benched because he couldn't diagnose the correct protection. And I'm like, that's even worse. <laughs> like, if, if he can't if he can't call out the correct protection, then that's the whole job. That's kind of a fundamental part of being center. There, there's two main things in the job description. It's diagnose the protection and, and call it out, and then snap the ball. And if you can't do either of those things, why is he playing center? Yeah. And then Lucas Patrick is not good, as you pointed out. So it's just like a position that was completely ignored in the offseason and in the draft. It was a position that I wanted them to focus on in the second or third round because we've been playing roulette at center for 10 years now, damn near since Olin Krutz retired. Since Olin Krutz yeah. retired. And so it's just... Can we fix this this offseason? And speaking and speaking of Olin Cruz, if you know you have this guy available, you know, uh, what can't you just call him up and just say, hey, you know, wh- what what prospects out there have you seen that you know uh, that you think are pretty good? Well, remember they they offered him fifteen dollars an hour <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the great fifteen dollar an hour offer for Olin Cruz to come in and coach the offensive line. Just complete clown college organization. But yeah, it's just so frustrating to see another year go by with that position not addressed and. You see the consequences of that on the field because how many plays during that game were disrupted because the snap was at the guy's feet or the snap was over the guy's head, and that just puts the entire thing off schedule. I would say, not exaggerating, at least a third. Yeah, I I think it was at least 10 bad snaps, probably more. I didn't count. But that is not what this offense needs because if the protection hasn't been called out correctly then that means likely a defender is getting to the quarterback pretty quickly so if he's got to take his eyes off of the receivers downfield then of course that play is not going to work so yeah frustrating it sounds like it's going to be lucas patrick at center going forward cody whitehair being moved back to guard because nate davis got hurt during the game uh, isn't isn't kramer now actually healthy i don't know is he is he off i don't know and, I, I i thought he was but i, I don't know for sure and, but and darnell wright's hurt now so that's great uh, i didn't even see that yeah he didn't practice the last two days with a shoulder injury oh great so if, if he's not practicing on thursday that probably means his status for sunday is not very good so Oh, and the best part of the game was when you have uh, Dante Foreman blocking Daniil Hunter one-on-one. Oh, my God. Which led to the tipped pass that was intercepted right after the Tremaine Edmonds interception. Just a total momentum killer. Yeah, that was um, I, I, that was another one where you're looking at the play and it's like, what are they thinking? I don't understand this. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Not to mention that right from... You, you were, we both were talking about play one. Right from play one, Minnesota made it as bluntly clear as they possibly could. We are going to stack the box heavy and, we're gonna and blitz. blitz like crazy until you guys push us off. Yeah, I think they blitzed over 50% of the time. Yeah, I think it was like 53 or 54%. Oh, and by the way, uh, Bears fans, that's not new. They blitz twice as much as any team in the NFL. That's kind of Brian Flores' MO, so you should probably have a decent idea that that's what he's going to do. So how are you not prepped for that? Yeah, and that's why you have Mercedes Lewis on your team. Like, he should have been out there pretty much every snap of the game. Yeah, that's his whole purpose of being on the team. Pass block. You know, so I I don't... I I just... uh, That's the thing, is that there's so many confounding things like this. So many unexplainable things. And yes, uh, you know, just just throwing it all on fields is 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 just not working. You know, I understand that he holds on to the ball too long. Guess what? Then come up with plays that make it so that he doesn't hold on to the ball very long. Uh, I mean, really. Uh, and and you know, if 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 it's has it come, has it come time to say goodbye to number one? Ah, uh, well. He's hurt now. Well, I'm talking about no. I'm talking about in the off season. I mean, obviously, you, you you don't stop playing him during the year. I mean, who else are you going to play? You're going to what are you what are you going to do? Play Badgett for the rest of the year? That's it, you know that's not going to work out. Well, it's, it's going to be 
fascinating to see what happens because we don't know what we we haven't received much information about the thumb injury, but just kind of based on what the medical doctors that cover the NFL that are on Twitter are saying, it seems like it's going to be at least four weeks, okay. potentially up to eight if he has to have surgery. So assuming four to eight weeks, I mean, I can't imagine the Bears are going to win any games with Tyson Bajent. Like, seems like maybe he's got some decent prospects, but there's no way he's ready. But putting that aside for a moment, let's say it's four weeks, best case scenario. Right. Like, they're going to be one in nine when Fields gets back. Yeah. Two and eight, something like that. Like, I'm sure you're going to throw him back out there if he's ready, but what's the team look like at that point? What's the offense look like at that point? So... I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. This injury is terrible timing because he was coming off two of his best passing games as a pro, and then obviously the first half didn't go well this week, but maybe they figure something out. Maybe they don't, but it's going to be... I mean, we're at the point now where you, you kind of see where this is going. We're, we're looking at another year of a terrible record. And we'll see when Justin Fields comes back. I'm sure he'll play. I, I heard people speculating like he's played his last snap as a bear. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. I think if he's ready to go, he's going to want to be out there because he's playing for his next his career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's not going to want to sandbag this recovery because even if he's not going to be with the Bears, he wants to put good film on tape for his next team. At no point has he ever struck me as a guy that sandbags it. Never once. No. And and everything I've ever read from players and coaches alike is that that guy works his butt off. Yeah. So kudos for him. Um, I am one that uh, after that game, I'm now leaning towards the we got to move on. Wow. And, the, and it's simply because it looks like we're going to end up with one of the top picks in the draft. Um, I feel that between Chicago's co- coaching staffs, two different coaching staffs that worked with with uh, with Fields and the media slash fans, uh, I I feel like he's ruined in Chicago. <laughs> so you're you're mo- you're moving on for his benefit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just I, I agree with you there. It's like the the Bears have done everything in their power to screw him up. Yeah, from the Matt Nagy disaster to last year where he's playing with 10 guys that just rolled in from... Dante Pettis is his lead receiver. Yeah, just nothing around him. And now this year with the coaching, that makes no sense. I I, I want it to be the next coach's decision. I want them to hire the best possible offensive mind. Yeah. And I want him to come in and decide whether he wants to roll with fields or whether he wants to to draft a new quarterback and start fresh. What can't happen is you can't fire Matt Eberflus and then tell the next coach that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I agree. But it's enough of that with the Bears. The, the next coach has to decide if they want Justin Fields or not. I don't know. I still think there's a player in there. I, I think with the right coach... Oh, and I'm not being critical of him. Yeah, I think with the right coach... He can still be a really good NFL quarterback because the talent's all there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's not worked here. I blame the Bears quite a bit more than I blame him. I, I just think he's been terribly coached and terribly developed. And we've seen examples of that in the NFL, like, re- recently, right? I mean, Geno Smith was a disaster in the New York, in, in the Jets and the Giants. And then he goes to Seattle and last year, he brings that team to the playoffs as a starter. This year, not as good. We'll see what happens. But terrible development just tanks a quarterback's career, no matter how talented they are. So yeah. I'm kind of with you. I, I hope he moves on for his sake. And, yeah. and Unless the Bears hire Ben Johnson or somebody else that's just a quarterback genius that can get the most out of his talent. But at this point, too, it's kind of almost too late. It's just I know, and, three, that's, three, and that's my point. Three years gone by. It, it it's it, it, we have squandered what was there and available, and it started with uh, Nagy, uh, as you said. Uh, I'll never forget that you saying, looking at me square and saying, "I can't believe our head coach is choosing to play the worst of the two players on purpose." Yep. You know, I mean, and and 
when you reflect back on that, the fact that he chose to play Andy Dalton over one of the most athletic players to ever put on a Bears uniform is mind-boggling. It was it not only he didn't even he didn't even re- remotely consider the pop the the possibility that he would be the starter. He he never had him work with the ones at all. And then when you threw him out there. You ran Andy Dalton's offense. <laughs> like, at, le- at, least, at least when John Fox and Dowell Loggins started Mitch Trubisky, they simplified the game plan and ran the ball a lot. Right. Like, Matt Nagy just was expecting this rookie quarterback that you had given no reps to to go out there and run his super complex offense, which, by the way, was never proven to work. Yeah. And just completely threw the kid to the wolves. And... I wouldn't be surprised if that messed him up. And then, like you said, we, we know what Fields was playing with last year. And, like, I don't want to make any excuses because, like you said, he does hold on to the ball too long. Part of his lack his of decision. development is on him. Yeah, his decision-making is highly questionable. Yeah, and he has made a lot of mistakes in his time with the Bears. But His accuracy level? Certainly not at the top. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time... All I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be the defense minister for Justin Fields, his, his pep cheerleader. I, all I'm trying to say is that we know this kid has a lot of talent, and we know that he can play this game at this level. Now, the, the, what we were all hoping to see, and actually we were hoping to see it last year, was we were hoping to see a step up in the passing game. Last year he showed that he had serious wheels he could run, but we were really counting on it this year with the upgrade of adding DJ Moore. Uh, and, you know, we've seen two games of it, and, and that's, that's not enough. So the disconnect still comes back to where, where is that breakdown happening? Is it happening with Getze? Is it happening with Flus? Is it happening all on field side? Is it is it a combination? I would tend to think it's a combination of three. You know. Also, you know, how much is is Andrew Janoko playing into that? I don't. I we don't. We'll never know what the true dynamics are. It's that's all, it's all bad. Yeah, but it's all bad. Yeah, it, it hasn't worked, and that's what I said a few weeks ago. I'm like, I don't even care that much about figuring out whose fault it is because if it continues to look this way all these guys are gone right like i if you had to put let's say just putting percentages on it what percentage is matt eberflu's gonna be back yeah like one percent yeah i mean i'd say right now it's less than 10 fields fields i'd say like you i agree with you i think that they maybe 50 and the reason i give him that much is because there's still a lot of talent there. And just the will and drive and work ethic of that kid has got to be worth something, right? But um, yeah, what, what's, what's going to happen if we give him a, a whole other coaching staff? A whole other coaching staff and just like a whole other year in general because let's say I, well, if you do the percentages on Ryan Poles. I Time think, keeps on ticking into the future. Well, and I think Poles is likely to be back. But if next year's terrible, I don't know that he survives that. Yeah. So if they bring Fields back and it's a disaster again, I think he's gone too. If if, if I think Poles is gone too. I, if they draft Drake May or Caleb Williams or Michael Penix Jr. or any of these guys, and the team struggles again next year, but the quarterback they drafted looks really good, Poles probably gets himself another extension, right? So I, I just think that sometimes unfortunately self-preservation plays into this too so i i am thinking it's pretty unlikely that justin fields is back as the day one quarterback next year and i i think that is really unfortunate but i mean like you said the bears have squandered this and now we're staring at four to eight weeks of tyson bajant and look i hope tyson bajant does well he seems like a very nice kid It's a cool story. I have no expectations for this. Like if he's if he's anywhere close to competent, then that is a massive win. Yeah, massive. Your scouting staff, but I think that's really unlikely. I mean, he's looked at least at at this year. Yeah, he's looked 
good in the preseason. He looked good last week, but this will be the first time he's going into the week as the starter where the opposing team has a chance to game plan for him. And I just can't imagine it going very well. And I can't imagine it going very well at any point this year because the last time he put on a football uniform as the unquestioned starting quarterback was against the Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> and, and that's not a joke. That That is the last... That's absolute... Hey, Colorado School of Mines are number one in the nation right now, baby. Yeah, so, like I said, if, if he goes out for five weeks and they lose all five, and Justin's coming back and they're one in ten, like, the season's already so far in the drain that, at that point, who knows if the offense is even capable of being productive. We don't know who else has gotten hurt. Probably a lot of guys based yeah. on this season. We don't, we don't know if anybody's listening to anyone at that point. Like the, the whole thing could be just completely down the drain already. So uh, it's, it's a sad state of affairs right now. And we could have said that at any point in any episode of this podcast over the last three years, but it hasn't gotten any better. And here we are. Well, and, you know, um, also on top of all this is the line, is the offensive line. Um, You know, we all had hope going into the season that it looked like there was a solid five that we're going to be starting. And, wow, uh, talk about a total disaster. Has has there been another position that has been more affected by injury than, than the offensive line? I don't think so. Maybe the secondary... (laughs) That's true. The secondary is right behind it. Uh, And so, um, you know, everybody looks at, uh, um, you know, uh, the the kid, uh, um, Brock Purdy, out out for the Niners. But he certainly has a much better offensive line to play behind. Not to mention that he has some pretty amazing offensive weapons around him. And this comes again. uh, Plus, look at his coaching staff. Right, so this comes again to where you end up, and I mean, really, guys, Bears fans out there, do you think Brock Purdy is doing that well if he's in field shoes right now? I don't think so. No, I I don't think so. Even if you drop him in like a mediocre situation, I don't know that he's doing as well. And you know what? Hey, more power to him. You've got to make the throws, and the Forty Niners drafted a guy. Third overall that apparently can't make the throw. So all the credit in the world to Brock Purdy, but that's also like the outlier of all outliers. Like great situation. If you dropped him into like the Vikings or the Packers, I don't know that he'd be doing any better than the quarterbacks they have now. And yeah, to your point on the line, I mean, I saw this tweet earlier. I mean, this, this is the potential Bears starting offensive line this week from left to right. Braxton Jones, Whitehair, Patrick, Jatiree Carter, and... Whoever this is, Avante Collins. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, he was some guy they picked up. Well, and that's, I have two main concerns with, with Bajent, right? On top of the lack of experience. Number one, like, his arm didn't look all that strong to me. And just, this is such a faster game speed than he'll ever have played before. Like, I'm worried he might get somebody killed out there. He already almost got DJ Moore killed yeah. over the middle. And my bigger concern with him is that he, he might get himself killed behind this line because they can't block. And how many times this year already have we seen somebody come screaming around the end, just ready to kill Fields? And Fields is so athletic, he's able to get out of it or at yeah. least not take the full brunt of the hit. Bajit can't do that. No, And maybe... Very few players in the NFL can do that. Of course not. That's not even a shot at him. And maybe they'll scheme up an offense where the ball's out quick and he's not taking those kind of hits. If they do, it's about time. Why why haven't you been doing that all along? But I'm just really questioning what this is even going to look like. Well, in Bajan, during the the preseason, the one thing I really liked about him uh, was poise. I, I really felt like he showed good poise in the pocket. Um, uh, Biggs, uh, during his uh, 10 thoughts this week, he also pointed that out from, from the Vikings game. Is 
as Bajan seemed to show some some good poise yeah, in that game. The, looks the part a little bit. He yeah. so, sounds confident. He seems like he's he's not out there with his like hands shaking. Right, right. But you know that only goes so far. Yeah. Like you said, uh, in 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 situations where uh, he's he's got some of these. Um, really monster pass rushers coming at him, and he doesn't have that athletic ability. Uh, certainly not on Fields level. Uh, it, yeah, it could be really ugly. Or if you're lining up Max Crosby over Avante Collins and Larry Borum oh. and Lucas Patrick, like it's just not gonna go well. And look, Tyson uh, Bajan, and by the way, shout out to Chris. Yeah, your, your guy is getting a chance to start, but. I'm just. We were joking before we started recording about some of the schools that he played last year in college, and like <laughs> I mentioned, the Colorado School of Mines that was not a joke. And then we've also got Slippery Rock and <laughs> New Haven and Stroudsburg and Westchester and Shippensburg. Like, listen to these places. So, like, jumping from that to the NFL is going to be really something for him. And Yes, he has looked good, but also he hasn't been game-planned for yet. They don't game-plan in the preseason, and you see it often where a quarterback can come in when the other team isn't expecting him to play, and he can look decent because they haven't game-planned for him. Right. Think Caleb Haney, for example, yeah. in the NFC Championship game. And by the way, he still turned the ball over twice. And <laughs> yeah. none of this is meant to be a shot at him. I... I, I this is all necessitated, again, because the backup quarterback that they signed was so bad that he had to be cut. Yeah. And, by the way, that guy won a game this week, too. Yeah, he did. He was bad, though. But, like, you wasted time with P.J. Walker when you could have spent a little bit more money and brought He's, in somebody a little bit P.J. Walker is still terrible, whether he won this week or not. And he was terrible in the game yeah. he won. Yeah. But the point is, if they had somebody that was capable of sliding in and you could have agent is your third string developing and learning then maybe you'd feel a little bit better but the guy you signed was awful and had to be shipped out of town so i did want to throw this out there doug kramer um was on ir and he has been designated for return i thought i remember reading that it looks like they haven't activated him yet but it'd be interesting to see i'd like to see if he can if he can play i I don't remember but I, i know he hasn't been on the field so Hardly at all. My, since my he question is: Join the NFL. So can, can he be worse? Uh, yeah, probably not. I, I don't know. You may, know, maybe he could. He, he, he probably can't be any worse than Patrick is because Patrick's terrible. Well, and Patrick took over for Whitehair. So it's, just, <laughs> it's a mess. Um, it is. I mean, look, and that's the thing. So you know, that's one of the things is that we is that Bears fans have to realize. You know the. Bears fans out there that are hoping that we just go and we draft, you know, like you said, one of the one of the big three uh, college quarterbacks, and you know, it's not going to be a situation where they just come in and everything's fixed. That's not going to fix the offensive line. That's not going to fix the fact that we still only have one receiver that seems to be able to get open. That's not going to fix the fact that um, you know that uh, the uh, the pass protection is is still highly suspect and that's certainly not going to fix anything on the defense which is still a major problem no. so although they played okay this week yeah they played meh okay yeah i mean it's the defense is still a major work in progress well, we haven't even talked about how bad the vikings were i mean and you know that that's the thing is we were playing a terrible team the, Vi- the vikings were begging to lose that game yeah, like, they're terrible. Like Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball backwards. And by the way, did you hear that excuse? By the way, that the the game was so bad that they didn't even have the normal amount of cameras there, which is why they couldn't get the call right on the TJ Edwards fumble. <laughs> really? Like, what the hell is that? But anyway, like, yeah, the defense they gave up only twelve points. That should be enough to win a game in the NFL. But yeah, that Vikings team's also going nowhere fast, and they were playing without their best player and. They're not any good at all. But, you know, the defense did look okay for the first time this year. So we'll see if maybe that momentum can continue. But, man, if if Bajan's awful or if he gets hurt, this team has no chance to win any game until Fields is back. So it's just... Uh, I do agree with you, though. I think that Fields is itching, will be itching to come back on on the field as soon as he possibly can. 
Um, and I certainly hope he gets that opportunity. And I'm not, I, I still am on the fence when it comes to him because I would, I would still love to see him succeed in a Bears uniform. Um, I, I, I want to see more fields develop uh, to, the, to the best it can. But he certainly needs another, uh, another player to catch the ball. Um, it, it can't all just be more. And for some reason, none of the rest of the guys can seem to get open ever. Yeah. I, and Mooney, Mooney drops the ball too much. He just does. Yeah, he, he does. And he hasn't really been visible this year anyway. He had one big catch this game, right? Yeah. So that was the first one, I think. He had a touchdown in the first game, too. But the receiving core has been a disappointment. A huge part of that is the guy you traded the second round pick for was a complete bust. Oh. But yeah. It's... That was a huge, that was a huge, huge mistake. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people calling that out right when it happened. I, I don't think that was fair because I, I still liked the idea of what Poles was trying to do there. But wow, it, it, I, there's another one. What happened there? Was that a, just a complete misread of talent? Or was it that he got to Chicago and he just really hated the coaching staff? Or I, I don't know. Gonna, but the guy was, the guy had a, a sour attitude and we knew that. And we still, that's what uh, to me is on polls is that he, he knew that this guy had a maturity problem, a sour attitude, and he went ahead and bet on him anyway. Yeah, we're going to see what happens down in Miami. That'll give us some answers. And if he's a bust out down there, then he might just be like out of the league. Yeah. Because Miami's like pretty much the best situation you can go to as a third receiver. And, and if I had a hundred bucks just to to throw in the garbage, I'd bet it that he's out of the league. Yeah, because uh, he he doesn't seem like he's a team player at all. He hasn't been active yet. He's been there two weeks and he's been inactive for both of them. Well, and that's the thing is is that um, you know who's he who's he going to supersede? <laughs> he he's going to be at, at best. He's probably going to be like the fifth option down there. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> any anything else you wanna any anybody else we have to go after before we move on to the power rankings? No, I mean it's like you said the the defense uh, played okay, but um, I certainly would like to see uh, more production out of uh, Edmonds. Um, they did give him a big contract, and yeah. he he really should be more of a force. And when is he going to make a play? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is I know now, had, I know he had the interception, but that was a tipped ball. Now, one thing I did not know uh, until uh, just a few days ago is T.J. Edwards is actually among the league leaders in the NFL in tackles. Yeah, and he was like all over the place yeah. on Sunday, which I expected to see that all over the place more on Edmonds than I I thought. Edwards was going to be more, um, uh, you know, towards the towards the line of scrimmage, maybe more center, and see Edmonds use that uh, lateral yeah. uh, length that he has and speed to be more side to side. Yeah, it's just you wonder if maybe it's just that the defensive line is so bad that that style just isn't. I'm effective. sure that's part of it. Like this, like defenses don't work if your defensive line sucks. But right. yeah, Edmonds. It's been, I think, a little bit of a disappointment. Just, yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been that impactful. And Ed- Edwards hasn't either until this week, by the way. Like, right. that, the whole defense really has been awful until this week against the Vikings. And honestly, if I had to guess, I'd guess that that's been, that says more about the Vikings than it does about the Bears' defense. Of course, um, you know, you, you also mentioned the injury issue for the secondary has been terrible. Yeah, and... Eddie Jackson was back, and now he's hurt again. Um, what is it I, with the team this year? I mean, yeah, I, you know, we always do the well. They caught the injury bug. What does that mean exactly? Because wow, it's not catching the injury bug this year. It's more like a rampant plague. Yeah, and it's just at the worst possible positions too. It's O line, secondary, and now it's quarterback yeah so well i don't know on to power rankings okay so this this week uh the nfl nation reporters are taking a look at one lesson we have learned from every nfl team this season 
okay, so just to quickly let you know, the San Francisco 49ers are number one. Uh, and uh, I, I guess their lesson learned is that the 49ers defense is going to be just fine. Well, goody for them. Uh, number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, let's drop down. Where do you think the Lions are at? They've got to be uh, top, are they uh, like seven? Five. Yeah, okay. So I, I don't know whether you saw this, but good morning football. Three of the four people on there had the Lions as the number one team in the NFL. Really? I think that the Lions are good, and I think that they are quote-unquote for real. Uh, but would I say that they're the best team in the NFL right now? No. No, I mean, like, they're off to a 5 and one start, and that's awesome for them. Yeah. But, like, it's not like they've been playing a murderer's role of NFL teams, right? No. I mean, and believe me, I'm not taking a shot at them because the Bears have lost to some of these teams that I'm just about to list off. But Lions go down and beat the Bucks on the road, beat the Bears. But it's not like the Bucks are threatening anybody to go to the Super Bowl and then... Panthers, Packers, Falcons. Baker Mayfield is still Baker Mayfield. And they beat the Chiefs, which was a, a good win, but like the Chiefs completely handed them that game. So, look, the Lions are, I, I agree with you. And, and there happened to be two of the best players in the NFL that were not playing in that game. Correct. So, let's let's asterisk the, K, and, the KC game a little bit. And, you know, if the Lions go out to Baltimore and beat the Ravens this week, then maybe we start including them in the discussion, but... No, they're they're not the best team. There's a couple teams that are better than that. I, I and you know what? I picked them. I, I picked the Lions to go out and beat uh, Baltimore. I think that's uh, le- I think that's legit. I don't think Baltimore is as good as they uh, as they're advertised to be. And I think that um, uh, Jackson is re- is really struggling this year. And this is after the, his the you know the giant um, give me you know two hundred and seventy five million dollar contract thing. So and it, you know granted uh, all the quarterbacks are getting that. I'm just saying. I don't think he's having an outstanding year by any stretch. No, they've been a disappointment so far. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, uh, Lions are are number five. Uh, The Lions might be for real is the lesson learned. Well, I think we all know that, and I think they're doing a good job. And like you mentioned, uh, the fact that uh, they've been able to turn Jared Goff uh, into a legit NFL quarterback um, who doesn't look like he's... uh, being carried by the team, he looks like he's doing some uh, heavy lifting on yeah. on his own. Um, that's pretty significant, yeah, right more. there. Great However, uh, this is one of the, they mentioned uh, uh, one thing that um, I am a huge believer in. Again, Penny Sewell, a big investment there on offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson, big investment on the defensive line. They have their two captains if you will on each side there and both of them are are young and tough and going to be there for a decade and they're stacked on the rest of the offensive line oh my god not even just stool it's not even just sewell they're they're strong everywhere up front yeah and uh so then you drop way down everyone else in the nfc north in the bottom yeah so we go down the packers are actually ranked 20th I think they're uh, that's overrated for them. I think they're a really bad team, and I think that Love is going to continue to struggle. However, I do take issue with the fact that um, uh, that uh, with people saying, "Oh, Love has turned out to be terrible." Uh, no, he's played five games yeah, in the good. NFL. Let's give him some time. Yeah, let's see. Let's see where he is after the season is done, uh, because. I, the the Packers are not going to be in position to draft somebody else uh, anytime soon. Yeah, and I also just in general haven't. I I don't believe that you you learn how to play quarterback by sitting on the bench. No, like you might learn how to prepare, you might learn how to study film, but you learn by playing. So you yeah. g- give them a little time. Yeah. Uh, then we drop down a little bit further to the Minnesota Vikings again, a bad team. Uh, and for as many holes as the Bears have, they have equal as equal as many or maybe more. Um, not to mention that they have to deal with the whole thing of Justin Jefferson. There doesn't seem to be any real uh, vision as to what's going to happen with that uh, after the offseason. Um, one of the things I read about uh, earlier this week, 
Justin Jefferson is not going to get cheaper just because he missed some time with an injury this year. Don't even think about it. He's still going to want to be paid as a top five player in the NFL. I firmly believe that, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, he'll, he'll get his money. If and I, if and if the if the Vikings want to want to push the issue, if I was him, I'd be like, screw you. I'm going to go sit down. Oh, uh, if I'm him, I'm not playing the rest of the year. I don't think. I yeah. mean, why would you? And they're we'll get to the Vikings in a minute, but they're. They're done too. They're they're just awful. Yeah. So and uh, so they're um, so w- where do you think we're at? I got to put them last. Uh, they're not actually ahead of the Panthers. Still, they're 29th. ninth. All right. So behind them, Panthers, Patriots. Uh, One more. Uh, yeah. Gave up seventy. Oh, really? The Broncos? Yeah, the Broncos. Even so though they beat the Bears. Yeah, Patriots, <laughs> then Broncos. Then uh, Panthers, yeah, and even though the uh, even though the Broncos actually beat the Bears, uh, they're they're uh, they're near. Were they, dead were they behind the Bears last week too? I think I made the same. I, I think week. they might have been uh, behind the Bears. I mean, they're they're terrible. Yep, they're bad. And uh, wow, they really um, are in a fix because of all the stuff they gave up to get Russell Wilson and. I think he's toast. I, I think I, I don't think anybody else is looking at him anymore and saying, uh, you know, it's a bad game here and there. I think he's just done. Yeah, there's some serious contenders for worst team in the league. Yeah, and they're one of them. I mean, because their defense is is terrible, and yeah, he is toast. I, I agree. So, so Chicago Bears lesson learned: the 2024 QB picture is becoming clearer. That's what Courtney Cronin says. Justin Fields looked better in weeks four and five, having completed 43 of 64 passes for eight touchdowns and an interception against the Broncos and Commanders. Fields struggled against Minnesota's ferocious blitz. Okay. Before exiting the game with a dislocated thumb. Unfortunately, those two previous performances for Fields look like a byproduct of playing two bad defenses when the circumstances around him on offense were close to perfect. Depending on how long Fields might be sidelined, the 25-year-old quarterback might not have enough time to prove he's Chicago's long-term answer, given the team's 6-25 and record over three seasons with him as a starter. As it stands, I, I, to me, to put that all on him, because that to me, that's kind of how that was worded, is really unfair. Yeah. It's the team is 6-25, and not, not Justin Fields. Uh, as it stands, the Bears currently own the number one pick, in 2024 thanks to Carolina and actually we're uh the Bears are right behind Carolina so right now we're one and two general Ryan general manager Ryan Poles might have no choice but to take one of the top quarterbacks of the 2024 class based on how the season is playing out I do not agree with her that it's that laid out yet um I still agree with you uh that uh there is still a significant percentage chance that uh, Fields is the still the starter in Chicago next year. Um, I, I, I the, like I said, the, what I'm looking at it more as is is Fields just going to be like just I, I want to go someplace someplace else, you know? Um, because I mean we've seen um, on the bench a few times where it just looks like he is as exasperated and worn out and burnt as you as a player could possibly be. Oh, do you blame him? No, and that's the thing, is that nobody can look at him and go, oh, it's all on you, kid. No, it's not. We all know that. Yep. Yeah, I I, I don't know that there's a significant chance he's back. I, it's not zero. I, I, think you're, I think probably slightly less than 50%. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're sitting there... I mean significant compared to Getsy and Floss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Floss. Agreed on that. Those guys are... They're, they just have to go. It's the concept in calculus where you're approaching zero yeah they are approaching zero <laughs> um but uh, if you're sitting there at number one which i mean there's a chance they will be uh, I, I i don't know how you pass up on a quarterback and i and i don't think that they fire Flus or getsy before the end of the year just because i mean i, I don't know what else they do and i know that there's actually been some uh some talk online that well maybe they go ahead and fire them anyway and elevate Hightower or, um, I don't know, elevate Andrew Ginoco. I don't know. But I do know that there's no one else really to put in the spot. And 
Which is kind of kind of crazy in and of itself. If I was Fields, I'd at least want to keep the coaches that I'm working with, uh, that I've worked with for the last year and a half. There, that's I mean that that would be my opinion, even if it's not working that well. It's like how do you have a how do you have a NFL staff that there's nobody capable of being a interim coach? Like that's pretty pretty wild. I, I don't know, but um, I mean, look at that staff, oh, yeah. and it's it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. And of course, this all happens when the defensive coordinator gets shipped off to the island that the Cy- character Cy- Cy- that, yeah. that island lost uh, <laughs> from the television show Lost. Yeah, when are we gonna get the true story of what happened? I don't know, man. I mean, did that did he literally go to a black site? You know, I mean, is he is he is he one of the guys that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> did Bigfoot kidnap him? Uh, you know, I don't understand. How does so? How does a guy just like disappear in one day? He must have done something pretty bad. Because they like exactly. Because I mean, it it was literally like two days, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be gone, and then there was he's not gonna he's not gonna coach this game, and then the next day it was like, yeah, he'll never be back. Yeah. Who, who's Alan Williams? <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. That, so okay, moving on. Um, got to look at the uh, NFL schedule to see what our games look like forthcoming and uh we got green bay at denver a bad game oh my god awful and awful uh green bay's coming off a bye right yep that's why i was gonna give it to them yeah and their their defense the, the broncos defense is so bad maybe jordan love can recreate some of what worked against the bears matchup predictor 57 to 43 uh in favor of green bay i agree uh, super awful uh, defense by Denver. Um, Jordan Love should play decent enough um, to to get him through that. Not to mention that Russell Wilson uh, is uh, is not showing much either. Uh, we got the next one, and that is San Francisco at Minnesota. <laughs> Bulldozer. What? Uh, what's the line? 14? 7, I think. Wow, it's only 7. The 49ers have some injuries, I think. Like, McCaffrey's hurt. Debo, oh, that's right. Debo's hurt. So McCaffrey and Debo are hurt. I, I mean, forgot about that. Yeah, I would still probably... I, I would still think about taking 7 there. I mean, the, the Vikings just are awful without Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson gone. Uh, their, San Francisco's defense is stout. Uh, their secondary is very good. Um, I don't see how they keep that within seven. Um, not to mention that, you know, they, uh, Minnesota scored 19 in, against Chicago. That's you're just given the... And, oh, and seven of that was a pick six. So... Yeah, their offense scored 12 points, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I don't see how they can hang around in that game. I mean, they... They might cover seven, but like I, I don't see how they win. Yeah. Um, Lions, Ravens, we already kind of talked about that. Lions and Ravens. That might be the game of the week, honestly. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very good game. It's gonna, I think it's going to be pretty telling of both teams. I, I, as I said, I'm picking Detroit with confidence. I, I, I think they're going to go in there. Um, they are rolling. There's they, no doubt about that. And they've, they've shown they can win on the road. I mean... And... And... The simple fact of the matter is Baltimore has not looked that great. Yeah, they've looked pretty mediocre. Like, something's off there. They're 4-2, and two, right? So, yeah. But they've got a win against, uh, they, they've got a win against, I think, who was the backup they played? Uh, sorry. They, they've got a win, they got a win against uh, the Browns backup, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah. And then they kind of squeaked by the Titans, and then they lost that ridiculous game to the Steelers where they just couldn't do anything, so... I mean, Detroit's going to be the best team they've played so far, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't hate picking Detroit there either. And uh, Detroit has played very well on the road. Apparently, so. Dan Campbell is the best coach against the spread in history right now. Huh. Which, boy. That's if, interesting. If you had told me that two years ago, I would have laughed my ass off. <laughs> I did not think he was going to be successful, but he's proven me way wrong. 
And uh, so Las Vegas, uh, any thoughts? I don't have much. Just going to depend on how the quarterback looks and if the Bears can move the ball at all. Garoppolo is also matchup predictor has the Bears fifty six to forty four. Well, that's just wrong. <laughs> the, the, I mean, what's the line? I think uh, that, Vegas by two and a half. Yeah, so Garoppolo is also out, so it's either going to be Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I bet we play against Aiden O'Connell. I was, I, I thought I liked Aiden O'Connell coming out of. I, I did too. I was thinking if I was McDaniel's, I'd start Hoyer just because you know he's going to just manage the game and not make mistakes and. I I assume Tyson Bajan's gonna make mistakes. Yeah, but he might start O'Connell. I mean, that's the future of the franchise. Theoretically, they drafted him this year, so you might want to see what you have in a game where you're you're probably gonna win. Yeah. So we'll see what McDaniel's does. I mean, the Raiders are kind of sneakily three and three. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're any good, but no. they're at least five hundred. So this is a game. They Maybe a have steady to have. diet of uh, Jacobs. Yeah, Jacobs and. Short routes to Devontae Adams was complaining about not getting targeted enough this week, so maybe they just throw the ball to him a hundred times. Jacoby Myers has been pretty productive for them this year. I yeah, that was a solid pickup by them. I like him. I have a hard time seeing how the Raiders don't win this game, but I'll tell you this: if there's one coach that's capable of losing to a Division Two backup quarterback, it's Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Josh McDaniels lost last. I to, second that, good yeah, sir. He lost to Jeff Saturday and and to Baker Mayfield, who got signed like two days earlier by the Rams. Oh my God! So McDaniels stinks, um, but I obviously think the Raiders have a big talent advantage here. So uh, before we uh, before we go to Survivor, um, Bill Barnwell ran a new uh, post today. Barnwell's NFL trade tiers. Who's worth a first round pick? Okay. And so let's uh, go ahead and drop down to the Chicago Bears and see what they have to say on there. Who who would you think that could be worth the worth a first round pick for the Chicago Bears? DJ Moore. Yes, DJ Moore is is one of those. Um, didn't go down there. There we go. DJ Moore and one other. Saying Jalen Johnson? Nope. Right. Darnell Wright, what? he says, is worth one is worth a first round pick. Well, that uh, in a trade? Yeah. No. I mean, uh, you know, the, it's it, he 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 included the rookies for this year, and I, I suppose that you know, just based on the fact that he was a top ten pick, uh, you you might want to do that. And he is right. he, he has graded out very well as far as his metrics. I'm trying to but. think, like when the last time. Uh, starting offensive tackle got traded mid-season period i'm sure it's happened but yeah it doesn't happen very often this is i mean you know this is mostly conceptual yeah conceptual yeah. Right. i mean yeah the bears aren't trading either of those guys they there's been talk about jalen johnson which i would absolutely hate but if they traded fields in the off season what do you think tra- uh, fields would go for do you think that uh polls could get a first round pick for fields no. I don't think so either. Maybe a second if he looks good when he comes back from injury this year. Maybe. I, I don't. I was thinking like a two and a five. What did uh, 40... maybe give back like Fields and a four? What did the 49ers get for Trey Lance? Uh, they actually got a pretty fair amount for him. Okay. Uh... Well, it depends, right? Because the the Falcons need a quarterback, and the guy that drafted Fields is the is is in the front office. That's the true. So maybe Atlanta would trade more, and that that would actually be a pretty good situation for for Justin. Yeah, because uh, Ritter is terrible. And well, they've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan. Imagine Fields in the backfield with. With Bijan, Lon- London is like in that spot, uh, or not uh, London? Uh, Ritter's in that spot right now, where people are looking at him like he's the one dragging the team down. Yeah, I mean they're not wrong. He's you bad. Know, yeah, <laughs> he is bad. So, um, yeah, that I mean, well, it, 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 I mean, right now, would you say that? I, I don't know anybody. In, in their right mind, who would say Justin Fields right now is the worst quarterback in the NFL? No. Starting quarterback. He's not. I certainly don't think so. He's in the bottom ten. but he's, I would say he's in the bottom ten. He's not the worst. But I don't think he's the worst. The, the guy the Bears start, are starting this week is the worst. <laughs> but, 
I no, mean, I mean uh, that's going to be that is supposed to be a starter. Like, I mean, that, Fields is out because of his dislocated thumb. But if that if that wasn't the case, he would be starting. Yeah, if you if you go back and looked at the starting quarterbacks week one of this year, yeah, I mean bottom ten, probably bottom five, but Ritter's worse. I think there's probably a couple others that are worse. Yeah, I mean, um, oh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's been really bad. He's bad. Yep. He has. You know, that, and, and well, not to mention that that whole class is turning about to be just as rotten as people thought it was going to be. That was, um, uh, Malik Willis was the other part of that of that equation. Yeah, but he was like a fourth round pick. No, I know. But I mean, that's what, that's, those were the top three names that year. Yeah. Pickett was the only first round quarterback. Yeah. Pickett, Ritter, and Willis were the, were the, were the three. That tells you how bad it was. There wasn't even a quarterback decent enough to like fly up the Not to mention in the off season, what is, what are the guys in purple going to do? Are they going to re-sign their 35 year old quarterback? No. I don't think so. They're they're drafting a quarterback. Yeah, and they're going to be picking in the top ten. You know, so um, and that that's you know, okay. So they they're picking in the top ten. Are they uh, are they getting one of the the top guys? You know, they're not going to get. Well, I mean, they could end up in a top five pick. They could go one in the rest of the way. Like they're they're really bad, and they're going to start trading people. And I mean, that was the one thing at the end of that game as I was like, yay, we lost again. <laughs> that bumped the Vikings up and put us down. Well, so the, the Bears have already lost to two teams that are going to be near the bottom. And Kyler Murray's coming back for the Cardinals, and the Bears play the Cardinals towards the end of the year. So the Bears are going to have tank tiebreakers over a lot of really bad teams. So, yay. So, <laughs> so let's go to... Um, we're just about done here. Let's uh, quickly take a look at Survivor and give me your uh, give me your guys that you you think uh, would be a good pick this week. I don't have much that I love this week. What uh, about uh, Jaguars? No, well because Lawrence might not even play. Yeah, that's true. And he's if he plays, we don't know how. I mean, I I, I forgot about that. So I was thinking about the Bills, yeah, obviously versus the Patriots. Well, They'll be a high pick because right? we've, we've already used Seattle, right? Yep. So we can't use them, and we've already used not that you would really want to use Washington, but we've used them too. And Washington, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Detroit, and the Rams is who we've already used. The three that I wrote down for this week: Bills, Packers, Bucks. Definitely not the Packers. Um, they are playing a really terrible team. What about so? And they're coming off a bye. The obvious choice is the Bills. You know, I mean, of course, the other one is the Chiefs, but yeah. I didn't. I wanted to try and save the Chiefs. Yeah, and you'd like to save. And the, they, and you know what? Some people are actually picking the Chargers in an upset there. And you'd like to save the Bills too. They're just not playing. I would that like well. to save the Bills, and they're not playing that well right now. Um. Could, Maybe talk me into the Browns with Deshaun coming back against Gardner Minshew. You could talk me into hashtag fade the Bears. Because <laughs> I don't know when else you're going to want to use the Rams. Well, what about Falcons at Bucks? Yeah, the Bucks. I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of the Bucks, and I don't think they're all that great. But either are the Falcons. So, so the Falcons have... Eaton. Well, because they're good at home, right? That's kind yeah, of... and they're on the road. It's it's in Tampa. Tampa's coming off a bye, and they've they've beaten the Packers by one, the Texans by two, and the Panthers. So it's not a very good strength of schedule. And the Bucks. I mean, I mean, we could we could try the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are are pretty terrible, though. Yeah, they're bad. Um, and it's like you said, they're probably going to be playing, they, they, they are going to be playing either O'Connell or, um, what's his face? I think, Hoyer. I think if it's Hoyer, I'd feel better than O'Connell just because O'Connell, you just have no idea. At least Brian Hoyer, you know what you're going to get. Right. Um, 
could be the Brian Hoyer revenge game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian Hoyer was done so wrong by the Bears. They let him start like 15 games for no reason. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't love any of it. Uh, I mean, God, and the Bills just are not playing well right now. Like, well, and it's like you said. I'd rather I'd rather save them. And they should they should have lost to the Giants on Sunday night when like everyone in our pool was on them. Um, I kind of like the Browns a little bit. Like I think the Colts stink, and the but the, I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to do the Bucks, I'm okay with it. Tentatively, I want to think about it a little more. I certainly, I certainly like the um, who's starting for the Colts. Gardner Minshew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I certainly like uh, uh, Deshaun Watson over him. Uh, and the, the Browns' defense is awesome. The Browns' defense is ferocious. Uh, it's on. They're on the road, and Watson's been out. Let's see. Let's go Browns. Do you want to? Pencil? I could be. I could be talked into that one. Do you want to pencil that one in? Yeah, we'll pencil. We're going to pencil in the Browns. Sixty uh, forty on the matchup predictor. Looks like uh, Browns by three. Um, I certainly like Deshaun Watson a more a lot more than I do Gardner Minshew. Um, oh, and that Ford kid is actually playing pretty well for Cleveland. Yeah, I, I mean. The Browns... Amari Cooper's having a pretty good year. Yeah, and the Colts, I mean, they just got absolutely killed. We totally should have done your your great idea of getting Amari Cooper. Oh, that, I know. I, I mean, for real. That that should have happened. That would have been a big boost for, um, for number one. I, I really believe that. Yeah, I agree. I... I wanted him. I thought that he was worth... Because that was a trade, right? Yep. And they didn't trade very much. No, it so. turned out to be a... Uh, a pretty much a they they were the the Cowboys were just giving them away seriously, which made no sense to me at the time, and that's what they did though. And yeah, that was that Poles or was that Pace that didn't make that move? That was Pace. Okay, so yeah, I would have liked him, but that didn't happen, and that was the last year of Pace. Added to the list. So anyway, that's uh, it for this week, uh, Bears fans. Uh, maybe we'll see some of you at the. New place, <laughs> uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, don't show up to Oxcart, it's closed, or yeah. not showing the Bears game. I don't know, but don't show up there. It's that, closed. Uh, it, it's the closed. way I understand it is it's like, it's totally closed. All so. right, so yeah, there's a new bar. Uh, I don't know if there's a name of it yet, <laughs> but text uh, me or Tom Eat at or Joe's. somebody else and we'll... we'll give you the address and anyway bear down go watch tyson bay gents yeah bear down